With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. It is Saturday, September 6th, and you're tuned in to another episode of The Missy Show. We're your source for fun and informative pet topics. I'm your host, Jay, and celebrating a brand new month with me is my co-host, Dee. How you doing today, Dee? I'm fine, Jay. How are you this wonderful Saturday day? I'm great. It's a gorgeous day outside, and and before we go any further, I also want to give a very special happy birthday shout-out to my sister today. So on top of that, it's a beautiful day, and it's somebody's birthday. It's my sister's birthday. Happy birthday. Happy 29th birthday. Happy birthday. That sounds really young. Doesn't it, though? (laughs) (laughs) You think you're saying you're like, I remember 29. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it seems so long ago, but, you know, I can remember being 29 and, and, like, holding on with bloody nails, you know, but actually when I turned 30, it wasn't as bad as people made it out to be. Well, you know, you need know? my motto. You know, time stood still after I changed from 15 to 16. After 16, nothing really ever stopped. Never really ever changed, rather, for me after 16. It was just like, okay. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it is not, it's like I it's like nothing has has changed for me. I mean, I've, I've changed obviously physically, whatever, but nothing has. Everything just you know how when you change in age and you feel the change of the age. Mm-hmm. I haven't felt the change like when you get from this age. It's like okay, it's just it never it never I never felt that after sixteen. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think that's a great thing. That's a great thing because it's. Probably, you, you know, you don't have as much stress and anxiety about it because as women sometimes we, we have that thing about, oh, my gosh, I'm, you know, I don't want to get older, you know, and everything. So I, I think that's cool that you haven't really felt a difference, you know, pretty much since you were 16. That's cool. I just, I don't know. It's just weird. I just, I haven't gotten into that whole, I mean, of course, yeah, you get, you, you know you're getting older, but it's just that whole thing of where you're like, oh, I can't wait to get to um, 21. And for me it was like, eh. <laughs> yeah. Hey, they're all blending together. What does it matter? Uh, Happy to be alive, but you know. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Jay. I don't know. It's okay. It, it's it, it was that kind of week. It was a short week. It was a holiday week. But then you know you have certain things go on in your work week, and it's just sort of like they they kind of drain you at times, and you sort of have to back. So that's what we're doing today. We're, we're having a comeback. It's the weekend. We're going to turn this thing around. It's a beautiful day. It's September. We're about to go into fall time. Yeah. Even though that, that kind of doesn't mean as much down here where we are. You know, maybe we'll, we'll start to see some cooler weather as it gets in maybe October. 
Because I'm mid to late October, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from, sometimes November. Usually about around Halloween time, you know, I can remember, you know, being out, you know, trick-or-treating with my nieces and nephews, and it's it's pretty much cool. You kind of have to have at least a light jacket on by Halloween. So yeah, it's on the way. So I, I, I look forward to it. We are still flip-flopping in shorts down here. So yeah. <laughs> it's still a flip-flop short kind of day. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, because it's, it's quite uh, warm outside, but it's a, such a beautiful day. It was a great day to go over and celebrate um, birthday wishes with my sister. And I also um, want the show to make sure that we wish a belated happy birthday to Miss Evelyn the Cat Whisperer. Um, she celebrated a birthday on September 3rd, so happy belated birthday, Miss Evelyn. Happy belated birthday, Miss Evelyn. You know I'm your biggest fan. Yay. Yay. And you know what? We wish um, you and my sister many more, and we look forward to having Miss Evelyn back on the show again soon, and hopefully maybe she'll be joining us sometime next month when we start our Pets and the Paranormal series for the whole month of October. So hopefully she will come back on and tell, finish telling us her black cat story that she started to tell us. I know, right? Seriously, awesome, Miss Evelyn. I bow down. You are so awesome. <laughs> I love Miss Evelyn. She's so wonderful. Yes, Ms. Evelyn's great, and, and I, I think a lot of our listeners, they enjoyed that show too, um, The Cat Whisper. And to those who may be listening to us for the first time, you might want to go back in the archives and make sure you check out that show in case you um, missed it. Um, another thing I wanted to mention is be sure to check us out next Saturday. Um, we're going to have a very special guest on the show, um, Mr. Lee Phillips. Um, who is president of Vibrant Pets, and our pet topic is going to be healthy pets. So make sure you tune in next Saturday at 5 p.m. Central Time and check that out because, you know, we all want to make sure that all of our pets are healthy, so we want to find out exactly um, more about Vibrant Pets and the products that they have to offer so that we can keep on having healthy cats and dogs and other animals too. We're going to have some good information. I should have some great information on that show. Yeah, look forward to that one. And for any of you who would like to join in the conversation today, you can always call us live at 347-838-8313, or you can listen after the show in the archives at blogtalkradio.com forward slash she's authority, that's S-H-E-S-A-T-O-R-T-I-E. You can also friend us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Missy.show44, or follow us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Missy Show. That was a mouthful. That was a mouthful. It's like, I'm like, good goodness. <laughs> that that was a lot, and, and unfortunately, that we have other social media pages because um, we're on Tumblr, we're on Pinterest, but I'm not even going to include all of that. We have the blog. But all of that information, you know, I'll, I'll be sure to try to put up more links on that on Facebook. So anyone who wants to friend us on Facebook or maybe on Twitter, I'll make sure that I put up those extra links in case you want to check some of our other pages. Um, Pinterest is fairly new for us right now, so we, we have to kind of fill that one out. Do a search for us. We'll pop up somewhere near you. <laughs> yes, exactly. There you go. Um, so we said all of that to say um, that today's show is going to be a good one. We're going to be discussing family-friendly pets, and this is an especially great topic if you have young children in your home. Yes, 
Mm-hmm. You want to make sure because just because, you know, you see, you always see like these shows. And you remember when 101 Dalmatians, the movie came out? Mm-hmm, I do. You remember when that movie came out and there was and there was just a ride. I remember them. I think I remember like a news feed or something like that. A rise of people, and I think it's always the case when you have a movie or something happens concerning a dog or something like that, a, a popular dog at the time. But I remember when that movie came out, 101 Dalmatians, the rise of people buying Dalmatians and 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 wanting to adopt them and things went up too. And I think sometimes it becomes like a fad trend kind of a thing, and you don't take into consideration the breed that you're getting and if that breed will be compatible to your family. Exactly. And, you know, I think a lot of what I remember hearing was a lot of people went out and just, you know, the the kids were like, oh, I want a Dalmatian, I want a da-da-da, and so they went out and they got the Dalmatian, they got the Dalmatian home, and they realized, oh, it was a puppy, but then Dalmatians get big, and they have a lot of energy, and you're thinking, what have we done? <laughs> so you have to make sure that whatever dog you're getting or whatever animal you're getting, pet you're getting, bring it into your family, especially when you have kids, that it's compatible to your family and it's compatible to your kids. Yes, because you want to make sure because it's not fair to the animal or to your family if you bring in an animal that is not compatible because you, you don't want to have a situation where you bring the dog home or bring the cat home and then it doesn't work out and you have to return them. Trust me, I've been through that. I've discussed that on other shows. And with our dog, Jack, it wasn't so much that he wasn't compatible, but it was just that we were not ready for the responsibility. And we were adults and we weren't ready, um, myself and my husband, and just working the long hours that we were working and and trying to get him house trained and, and having the proper time for him, we painfully learned that lesson that we were not ready for a dog, and we were living in an apartment. So at that time, it, it just wasn't the right time for us. So to save yourself that, that trauma of having to bring the pet in and then later potentially having to return it or having to find another home for it, do your research ahead of time and make sure that that pet will be compatible for your family. It, I mean, there are things that you have to consider, and, and I remember—I mean, I remember that period of time with you, and when you guys got Jack and, and everything, and y'all were so excited, and I was so happy for you. And Jack was just cute little dog you ever want to see. But I do, like I always say to you, I commend you both because I know it was hard for you, but I commend you both for you know recognizing that you know what we're we want. We want Jack. We want this dog. We want this dog to be a part of our family. But we know right now, if this is, you know, a couple of days in, we're not ready for this. And just being able and being strong enough, because that would have, I mean, I know how much strength that had to take for you guys, because y'all love that dog's death in just those couple of days, to have to go and take him back, but to understand and be, you know, mature and adult, responsible enough. I guess that's what the word I'm looking for. Responsible enough to know that, you know what? There's probably another family out there that can give Jack more. Because you probably could have kept Jack, you know. You could have kept Jack, but just with your schedules and everything and you were living in an apartment and everything, I don't know if his quality of life, not saying that there would have been bad or whatever, because I'm thinking he would have been loved and everything, but his quality of life might not have been what it could have been. 
Exactly. Because, I mean, even when we would just have to leave him home for brief periods of time, like if we just went to the store or something, I just remember it would break my heart because he was still a puppy. He wasn't a little small puppy, but he was a bigger-sized puppy. And he would just be crying and whining, and it was just like we killed him, you know, just to leave him. And so it wouldn't have been fair to him to have to be home alone all those hours because I think I was working like ten-and-a-half-hour days at that time, and my husband was working and long hours, so it wasn't fair to him as a puppy to have to be alone all that time, and it was something that we didn't think through clearly, so that's why it's, it's really important to just make sure you do your homework, and, and even if you don't have kids, just make sure that you have the proper time and, and you have the right setup to bring that animal into your home. Yeah, exactly. You know, I was reading during my research that there's just certain things you have to consider before you choose a pet, and time was like one of the number one things that you you kind of you wanted. Well, not, well, one of the one that was high up on the list. The things that you want to consider before you you know choose your pet and, and bring the pet in, as how much time do you have to interact with this with with this pet? Because and is it a pet? Because if you if you choose a dog, this is a pet. Is that it's the number one pet where you. It needs interaction. You know, you're going to have to feed it. You're going to have to walk it. You have to give it attention. You have to play with it, especially if you're getting a puppy. You know, all of these things. But as opposed to, say, for instance, you get a fish. If you get a fish for a pet, that's less time and less, you know, maintenance that has to go into that. So different pets, because I know a lot of people think, oh, we're going to get a pet and we're going to bring a pet. A lot of people probably think, you know, dogs. But there are other pets that don't require as much maintenance or time that you can consider. Exactly, exactly, because I I was seeing that in my research about certain pets such as fish and hamsters and things like Mm -hmm. that, but even with those, you still have to take in certain considerations because with fish, of course, you have to make sure the tank is cleaned properly and you don't want your kids to overfeed the fish, so there are certain considerations that have to be um, taken into consideration, you know, so make sure you do your homework before you, you know, just jump into anything. Exactly, exactly. There's always, no matter, if you bring something else into your home that's living, <laughs> there's always going to be a level of maintenance that you have to give to this this, this human, or not human, but, but pet per se. Yes, and, and something, Dee, that I, I found interesting when I was doing my research, because I found um, on one of the sites, you know, certain types of dogs, that are good, you know, to be around children if you have young children or even bigger-sized children. And I I was looking at one um, about the Golden and Labrador Retrievers, and and I noticed that they said they're extremely patient and they can tolerate any child's poking, prodding, tugging, and roughhousing. But then I I further did some more research on another site. I think it was the ASPCA website, and I'll be sure to post that on Facebook. But they were saying no matter how patient any dog is, and you do have some dogs, they have a more patient temperament, and they're more sociable than other dogs, they can still only take so much. So you also have to make sure that you train your children to not do certain things because you want to teach them to not always just be tugging on the dog's tail or, you know, bothering its mouth or doing certain things because even the most patient dog, if it keeps on being bothered with, it can just snap. And it doesn't mean that it's a a bad animal or anything, but they can only take so much. So it's kind of like a 50-50 thing where you want to select the right pet, but even with a pet that's gentle in nature, 
you still don't want to have your children, you know, just being able to just do anything to the animal because then it's still not fair to the animal. And and, and and that is so true, Jay. The thing about that is is that any time you have your kids, young children around animals, I don't, like you say, I don't care how gentle in, in nature that pet might be, you always want to provide a level of supervision with that, that child and that animal because you just never know. I remember a story um I think it was a coworker of mine not too, well, it was a while ago, but I just remember them telling the story and this particular story was about this topic and they had this um dog and the dog was always just very mild mannered and never did anything or whatever and they had the kids around it and would never do anything and this is how they found out there was actually something wrong with the dog. They had the dog and, and the dog one day they the, you know, kids would always they would she would always tell me about how they would the dog would just lay there and the kids would pull the ears and, you know, put clothes on the dog and, and chew some of everything to the dog and one this one particular time they were doing something to the dog and he was taking it but then all of a sudden he just kinda of snapped at him. And they were like, He's never done that before, you know, what's going on or whatever and come to time, I think what they ended up doing, because he just started, he started having these, like, little mood shifts and, and different things. And they come to find out that there was actually something wrong when he was sick. And they didn't know he was sick. So yeah. you, might, you have moments where, you know, the dog might have always been a mild-mannered dog or a mild-mannered pet. And at that particular time, there's something physically wrong that makes, you know, he or she act out. So you, that's why I say you always want to supervise your kids with your pets. I don't care how mild-mannered or you think this dog will never do it. That might truly, that might be the case, but you always want to make sure that you never really leave your kids and dogs unattended, especially small kids, unattended for long periods of time. Exactly. Because I, I have seen some little kids, and, and and it's natural. They're curious, and especially yeah. babies. I have seen babies grab cats' tails and grab, grab dogs' tails and stuff. And that's why you don't want to leave them unsupervised because even the sweetest pet can just have a moment. Because I know cats, when when you yank on their tail, they, they really don't like that. <laughs> it's not a good thing. If you yanked on their tail, I wouldn't like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, and it's, and I think this is important for when you bring a pet into, especially when you have young kids, when you bring animals into, you need to treat how you would train your dog proper etiquette to live within the family. You give them rules, you give them, you know, you train them for different situations, what have you. You also need to teach your kids how to treat the dog. You know, you don't pull on the dog's tail. That's not something you do. Why? Right. You don't, you know, you don't roughhouse too hard. You don't hit the dog. You know, I seem like, you know, I've seen certain things where you see the kids and they're like just destroying this poor animal. And you're like, sooner or later, something that dog's gonna get tired of you hitting him with that little plastic bat. I think it was a plastic bat. I just remember, and it wasn't like the kid that was hitting the dog really hard, but it was just a constant hit, 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 hit. And I'm thinking, oh please, somebody, please, yeah. Stop it because eventually, after a while, you know, something will happen. Yeah, yeah, that that's a situation that could turn into dynamite. So yeah, yeah. You, you you definitely want to look out for that because I know there have been times with my nieces um, when when they were younger where they might pull the cat's tail or something, and, and they've gotten scratched before. And, and you know what, sometimes the kids learn the lessons that way. And not saying you want them to learn that way, but usually if they get scratched or something one good time, they're like, okay, that wasn't a good idea. 
and so yeah. they'll stop that. But you don't want a situation where a child gets seriously hurt. You don't want them to get bitten or something like that. You don't want them to have to learn that way. So um, take this advice. I, I was looking on the ASPCA website, and they were saying training your dog is only half your job. In addition to teaching your dog how to behave around kids, you need to teach your kids how to behave around dogs and also pets or any pet. Yes, exactly. There's certain things. And with, yeah, with any pet, with anything, with, you know, if you have a fish, you need to try. There's certain, you don't put other objects in the bowl with the fish, <laughs> you know. Yes. You yes. know, you just can't come out of the water and play around on the floor with you and then you put the fish back in the tank. It's certain you have to make sure that there's proper proper training for the, the kid as well as the pet. I, I tell you what, the one thing that I would have never really considered as a pet, um, but this kind of came up in my research under family-friendly pets, was to have a hermit crab as a pet. You know, and I've heard of people having those. You know, I'm just, okay. I mean, if that's your thing... <laughs> See, so that could have fallen under our non-traditional pets episode really? that we had some months back, but it I never really thought of that. I never, you know, I never, because you, you hear about people who have, like, turtles and different things, but a hermit crab? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I guess if you don't need a lot of interaction, um, mm-hmm. they say they can be very private animals, but they make good, low-maintenance pets once tamed. And I wouldn't even think you'd have to tame Well, I guess. How do you tame a hermit crab? That's what I was thinking. Um, and it says they'll interact with your child on their own terms but will bring a lot of fun as they're unique to watch and don't mind being stroked. Well, okay. okay. <laughs> I guess that's an option. I mean, because you have to think about it. If, if you're thinking about it, if you if you have a, a small child, if you have a child or, or kids that they, you know, okay, we want a pet. You know, they come to you and say, we want a pet. You have to kind of, I would probably ease my kids into them because I just want to see what the responsibility level is. So you yes. don't want to put a big commitment in it. Not saying that you not would not be committed to the hermit crab, but you know, like a fish or something like that. You don't have to put a lot of of of, of commitment into per se a dog. So that that's that's full on responsibility. You have responsibility with the hermit crab because you have to, you know, feed it I'm I'm quite sure and you have to Whatever you do to take care of a hermit crab, because I just don't know, Jay. Well, they, they say they have to be fed and watered every day, and they have mm-hmm. to have their gravel changed about every four to five weeks. Okay. Well, there you go. So that would be something that you could probably, it's not something that is a daily, well, like a dog, is a daily responsibility. A hermit crab, well, of course you have to feed it, I'm quite sure. Do they eat? Do, did it say it? They ate? Yeah, um, they they eat something because they say they do have to be fed and watered every day. And I guess they have maybe like special food. I guess like how fish have their food. I guess they would sell that in the pet store. Okay, well, there you go. There, You know, that's something to, to, to think about if you're going to get a pet and you don't want too much of, of a responsibility with this. Uh, there's responsibility with any pet you bring into your life, but I guess that's an option. I guess I've never heard of a hermit crab. So no, not, not exactly as a pet or if I had it. It wasn't something that stayed at the forefront of my mind because, you know, I've heard about the hamsters and guinea pigs. Yeah. You know, hamsters, 
that's another option. If you want more interaction than what the hermit crab is going to give you, obviously, you might want to go for a hamster, you know, because they're, they're pretty easy to look after and, you know, they keep their mess in one area um, and they're fairly cheap to maintain and, you know, they're, they're a good pet for small children. You know, I saw something where someone had a, a pet as a hamster and it was so, it was so cute because the hamster, because I thought, well, the hamster just has to be in a cage and this and this. I guess it's a hamster ball or something because they had it in this little plastic ball and the hamster would go around the house in his ball. I've so, seen that. I've seen those before. Have you seen that? I thought that was so cool because I would, I would want to be able to interact with my hamster like I would, a, I guess, a dog. And I thought, well, how would you do it? And I saw that and I thought, that's how you would do it. They have this plastic ball that you put the hamster in and he just kind of, Goes around the house. It's <laughs> a ball. I guess you would have to keep it away from stairs and stuff like that. But he just kind of keeps his mind in his own business. I don't want to put like a bell or something on it. I don't know if you could just to you know wear spikes, spikes over in the other room or something like that. But I thought that was the cutest little thing. Yeah, I guess they just—it's similar, I guess, to their hamster wheel, but it allows them to be out of the cage. I guess if they're on their little ball. They, you know, and it's sort of like a little protective. I don't know how sturdy or how, you know, sturdy or whatever, because I've never really seen one in the physical sense, but it, it it just looks like cause they actually had another uh, dog in the house, and the dog was just used to the ball because he would go sniffing and he would just walk on his own way, and the hamster would kind of go behind the dog a little bit, and then he would just want to go somewhere else, and he'd just kind of turn and go somewhere else. And I thought, that is just, that, that's a great idea. <laughs> that's a great idea. They're really cute. I mean, some people kind of feel they look a little too much like a, a rat because whenever I talk to my mom about it, she's like, no, I, I don't want anything to do with hamsters or guinea pigs. They remind me of rats and whatnot. And, and even rats came up on the list too, you know, the white rats. You know, they, they're also an option for pets. But wow. one thing before we get off of the hamsters, I was just going to say, keep in mind that hamsters can bite. Um, they usually don't bite you seriously because they only have little tiny teeth um, made to nibble their food, um, but they can bite if they're disturbed while they've been asleep. Um, but they say um, on this site that I was on that Syrians are the best hamsters for young children um, because they're, um, let's see, they're not as nervous as the other hamsters. So that might be an option. But do keep in mind, I guess, if your children are handling the hamsters a little too roughly, they can bite. Yeah. And, 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 you know, that, that's a – I mean, I've, I've seen people who've had hamsters as pets and you have them in a little cage and everything and, and the hamster's going on the wheel and everything. But, again, just have to be vigilant and you have to supervise to make sure because they keep them in their room, you know. Sometimes they'll have them in the room. So you go to your room, the kid goes to the room, they're in there, and you got to make sure, okay, what you doing with the little hamster? With everybody, is everything okay? Supervision, supervision, supervision. Yes, and, and you know what, something else um, that you might want to consider too that I didn't think about, so I read this about the hamsters, they live for up to two years. So right. you kind of got to be thinking about, um, I, I just see that scene from the Cosby show. I don't know what pet that was that Rudy had that they ended up having to flush down the toilet and have a funeral for. It I don't was know. a fish. I remember that. Oh, that was a fish. Okay, yeah. It was a goldfish. It was a goldfish. <laughs> 
<laughs> but but when you're getting those kind of pets and they don't really have long lifespans, yeah. I mean, for some families maybe that's a pro because there's not as much prolonged responsibility as, say, if you're going to get a dog or a cat. But then on the other hand, you have to think about if they're only going to live for like a year and a half or two years, you have to deal with, you know, the death of the pet and that exactly. kind of stuff. So that's something to consider too. Exactly, exactly. And there are some pets. What is it? The, is it the cockatoo that lives to be like 80 years old? Oh, really? I, I didn't know they lived that long. <laughs> something like that. There is, I know there's a bird. I don't want to say there's a parrot or a cockatoo or something like that where they have very long, like, I just remember reading something saying that if you, you know, you want to make sure that if you want to buy one or you want to, you have to make sure that you, you know, it's an investment in this because this bird actually lives for a day. It has a very long lifespan, a very, very long lifespan. Wow. I mean, and then you're thinking, wow, <laughs> that's a long time. That's a very long time. Yeah, so that bird would actually outlive you pretty much because if they were like 30, when you buy the bird, it's going to outlive you pretty much. Exactly. So, you know, you want to make provisions and, and take into consideration, you know, long-term care for, for you know, the bird. Mm. And and I was thinking that just having a dog or a cat was a long investment, you know, because that's what they were saying on some of the websites, you know, that you have to make sure that your child will kind of be in that for the long haul because, yes. of course, they're much more responsibility because, you know, you have to, especially a dog, because you have to take them out. You have to let them get exercise. Some breeds, of course, are more active than others, you know, so you have to really sit down with your child and be like, okay, are you willing to take the dog outside? Are you willing to let it go for walks? And, of course, most children, they're really energetic, so you get some breeds of dogs where they, they'll love to just run around out in the yard with them. And that some of them you need a lot of space because I, I was noticing that on, on some of my research that there are some dogs where they're fine with just sort of being in the house and just maybe kind of going for a walk, but some dogs, they, they like a lot of space. They really like to have that room to run around. Yes. But, um, I read I read on one site where they were saying, you know, if you're kind of a couch potato, you might want to consider a cat, preferably maybe an older cat. Because mm-hmm. they're, they're more into just, you know, they're chill, they're relaxed. They're more than like, okay, yeah, we're just going to get over here on the sofa, we're going to stretch <laughs> out, and this is going to be the most energy we want to do today. <laughs> but if you have, you know, if you have kids and you have room and you have space and you want, you have energy and you want a, a maybe a dog that fits that energy, a Jack Russell, Jack Russells are just, boy, I tell you, they have super energy. They are. <laughs> I've seen those little dogs on the run. Yes, they are. Super, 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 super. A working breed dog or a Dalmatian. They have, like, you know, tons. And that was the thing going back to those Dalmatians when the whole 101 Dalmatians lost. People got, when I got these Dalmatians, and they realized these dogs are full of energy, you know, and they are, they are all over the place. They're great to have, and if you have that and you have kids and things that run around and you have space, whatever, that's great, but you have to take into consideration the breed that fits whatever your energy level is in your household. That's true because I think a lot of times when we've discovered maybe, not discovered, but discussed getting a dog, again, we've talked about maybe getting like a bulldog or something because they just don't look like they require a lot of running around, so we kind of want a more laid-back dog where, you know, they're kind of late. <laughs> it's like you get the picture of there's your husband, 
there's UJ, and then there's Little Bulldog. <laughs> yeah, they're just sort of just laying around. We're just looking at TV, just We're chilling just out. Yeah, that's it. And you have to. I just remember when we got Boomer, when we we first got Boomer, and you know we were all excited. We were ready for Boomer, but of course, I don't know. Boomer was was a dog for everyone in the family. That's how he initially came in. He was supposed to be a dog for everybody in the family, but some kind of way he just sort of honed in and became my dog. So I just remember when we first got him, he was, you know, real tiny puppy. You remember seeing him. And when he started to grow, that little puppy in him just was so energetic. And I would have to work during the during the day, so he would have to stay with my mom. And my mom, you know, she had um, pretty much retired then. And so she was into her routine of napping, you know. <laughs> and, and, you know, she had her routine down. She would wake up, she would do breakfast, she'd take a mid-morning nap, she'd do lunch, take a mid-afternoon you know, afternoon nap. And so she would take care of Boomer in the day. And she just, I remember her coming home and coming to, get, coming to be with him. And I remember her saying, look at everything, will I ever get to take a nap again? <laughs> Let me take a nap. Because she said I had to take him outside and he just bites my ankles and we run around and I haven't had a nap in weeks. And so the great thing about it is when he started to grow, she started to train him. So by the time Boomer got, you know, bigger, he was already on a schedule. When she napped, Boomer took a nap. When he, she trained Boomer to take his mid-morning nap, he even knew it because he would get I was home one day and he would actually go and just like, okay, we're going to go take a nap. And he would get up and trot back there and lay down on his little pallet, and he would go take a nap. Oh, wow. <laughs> he trained him. I was thinking, buddy, you have to do want to take a nap? Because Nana needs a nap. So she pretty much trained him into her schedule, how her routine was. So you have to kind of be aware that whatever routine you might have, it might be altered when you bring, you know, this this new pet into your household until you kind of get them on your schedule or you have to adapt to their schedule or however they, you know, are reacting to your family. Yes, because that was definitely the case with Missy. Um, She actually got on my husband's schedule because he would get up like in a 4 o'clock hour to get ready for work. And when he would get up, she'd jump off the bed and she'd be like, okay, somebody's up now, it's time for me to get fed. And even when we were off or, you know, off on the weekends or on, you know, just regular days, she learned to wake up at like 4-something in the morning, whether we had to get up or not. You know, she'd just get up. And she's like, okay, you guys need to be up now. (laughs) Get up, get up, get up. You feel her walking, and and sometimes she's she's like in your face, and you'll feel like little breath. (laughs) And your face is breathing on you. You wake up to whiskers. <laughs> yeah, so so definitely consider the routine. Consider how energetic the animal might be. Because once again, like going back to the golden and Labrador retrievers, which, you know, I, I never really thought as much about them. But um, on here, you know, it was saying that they need a lot of exercise. Yes. So um, they're very active and, you know, they can keep up with a lot of playful children. So if, if you have a family and you've got all these kind of, let me not say all, but you have some rambunctious kids, which most kids are rambunctious and energetic. I remember how I used to be. You know, that would be a great dog. Just sort of let them go out in the backyard. you got a fenced-in backyard and just let them have at it. You know, and, and that dog, he'll, he'll run their energy down and they'll run his energy down. You know, he has a lot of energy. But if, if you 
have a situation where you you know you're not a very energetic family, you're not going to want to make that investment, you know, that that give that time and energy to that dog, so you may not want to get that type of dog. Exactly. And you want to also take into consideration your environment. Where are you? Are you in a home that has a big backyard? Uh-huh. Or are you maybe in a city that has, you know, you're in an apartment where you, you know, you have a certain amount of space that you just have in addition to everybody else's that you, space that's around you. So you want, to, you, you want to take into consideration that you, you, you want to try to bring in the pet that's going to fit your environment, you know. Yes. I'm not yes. saying that you, because I've seen people that live in the city that have Great Danes, you know, but I would hope that they're not living in a studio apartment, you know, with a Great Dane because, of course, Great Danes are great. They're big. They're yeah, big, big, you know, and I'm not saying that it couldn't work, but I'm just saying that it might be a little tight. So <laughs> take into consideration, you know, if you're bringing somebody getting a pet, okay, you're, if you live in an apartment, you live in a small apartment, maybe you want to get like a, a pug or a poodle or something like that, you know, or, or papillon, one of those little bitty kind of dogs or whatever. But if you live in a, you know, a house or a home that has a big backyard and something like that and you you have kids and, and y'all are high energy and everything like that, maybe you want to do the, the Golden Retriever and the Labs and, and the Great Danes and, and um, the um, Greyhounds and things of that nature. You know, a dog that I was actually kind of surprised to see on the list of family-friendly dogs, but I've always loved these dogs, and I wanted one when I was a kid, even though it chased me <laughs> all over the yard one time. It, our neighbor had a miniature schnauzer. Oh. And you know, the, the dog just, he just started chasing me, and I was terrified. But at the same time, I've always thought they were so cute, and I I considered getting a little puppy, and, and they're just so adorable. But but they're actually on the family-friendly list. They are. They make, I was reading about this now as well, they make excellent companions for kids. They, you know, they're, they're very happy. They're the smartest, most cheerful, you know, of the small dog breed. And they're very easy to train, and, it, you know, they learn very, very, very well. And I just love them because I don't know why, but when I see that little dog, and maybe it's because they kind of character characterize it with it. I want to put the little monocles on it. I know. <laughs> and a top hat. And a top hat and, you know, a little cane. <laughs> oh, no. They sort of look like a little old man, like they have a little beard or something. They, they I don't know. They're just so cute. A little Englishman that's going out to watch. <laughs> a little professor that's going to teach the class. I don't know. But they're the cutest little thing. They are the cutest with their little beards. So they're the cutest little thing. But then I saw where they say um, that they can tend to bark a lot, and then I thought about maybe he would not be a good choice if you have a baby in the house because if you're trying to, you know, get your baby down, put him down for a nap and stuff, you may not want to have a little schnauzer because they might be a bit yappy. So so fine for kids, but if you've got a baby, might not want to get a schnauzer. Yeah, but if, but another great thing about schnauzers is if you have kids that suffer from allergies, they are a good choice for allergy sufferers, I read. I saw that they're hypoallergenic. Yes, they are a very hypoallergenic dog, and, you know, a lot of kids have allergies and different things, and so, you you know, you want to consider what breed to bring up a dog that sheds a lot, has a lot of, you know, pet dandruff and all this other stuff. Take that into consideration because if the dog's going to be all around the kids and everything, you want to make sure that they're not going to cause any kind of health problems. Exactly. Because I, I saw where they said that they... They don't have fur, they have hair. Hmm. 
I never thought about the difference between that. No, never, because I was like, what's the difference? But I don't know. Okay. Because <laughs> I thought, I, you know what, I guess I've always just thought that, that an animal's fur is hair. It's their hair. version of hair. Not hair as in like how ours is, but, you know. Hair. <laughs> so that, that taught me something different. Yeah, and you have to, you know, and it's maintenance with dogs because you want to, maybe you want a short-haired dog as opposed to a long-haired dog because Boomer, he was part chow, and it's as if he had, like, two or three levels of his coat, layers of his coat, where and he shed this, you know, he's been gone for a while, but we still have him, and we clean the house, but he, he's still in the house. I don't care where you live. <laughs> You can still find remnants of Boomer in the house because he just was a shedding dog. So if you and you, he had to be brushed. You had to brush him out, or his his coat would get tangled and mess. And it was like an everyday kind of a brushing kind of a thing. So you kind of want to take that into consideration. Short haired dogs versus long haired dogs. Yeah, because I know Missy has a lot of fur in here, and my husband um, had to get used to that. Because when yeah. she was a little kitten, she wasn't shedding bad, but as she got older, you know, you kind of have the, the the pet fur everywhere, yeah. you know, in the comforter and on the yeah. furniture, and it, and it can be a challenge to keep it all vacuumed up and, you know, make sure it doesn't take over things. Exactly, and it's just one of those things where if you have a pet, that, that pet, hair will become a part of your life. We just found it out with Boomer. It was just, you know, it's not like we would just had it, you know, and we didn't clean it, but you just, you you, you know you're going to have pet hair on you because I would just travel with a, a lint roller because it was just like, got to have one lint roller. It's just part of my life. I would have one in the car. I would have one in the purse. I would have one at work because I know I'm going to look down and I'm going to have Boomer on it. So. Oh, yeah. Especially if you have on black. Oh my gosh! Those—that was the reason why I actually bought it because I think I had an episode where we had first gotten him and I went to work, and this one had fully grown into his size and he had his full hair and everything, or full fur. I'm not really sure which one now. I know now, but um, um, and I looked down. I had on black pants and I looked down and it was like boomer everywhere. And I thought, oh my goodness. (laughs) I could have made another small animal with the hair up for me that morning. I did, because I remember Boomer's coat. He had a gorgeous coat. He had a lot of hair. He had a lot. It was gorgeous because he had that chow tail. You know, he was, he was you know, part chow, but he got the chow tail and he got the um, chow tongue and everything. So that tail would come by and it would wave, and you could just see the pieces of hair just fly off to the left and fly off to the right. It was, just, it was like it was sprinkling his essence around. And he was, oh, my goodness. <laughs> But, I mean, you learn to live with it. You love them, and you just you don't care. Yeah, yeah, they're your babies, and, and just like your human babies, you, you learn to accept certain things with them, and, and you do the same thing with your furry babies. Exactly. You love their bad breath. You love their, their moments of gas and everything else that comes <laughs> from them, you know, everything. Yeah, and, and, and even those moments when they, they throw up on the carpet or wherever and you're just like, great, and that wasn't there five minutes ago, and now I have to stop and clean this up. Right, when you're getting ready to walk out the door, you're getting ready to leave for work, and, you know, Boomer was blessed with a little heart. He would, if we taught him how to actually go outside when he needed to go, but if you weren't there to see him, to make because he would go to the to the back door to let you know, I need to go outside now. And especially when he was getting ready to be sick, he would really kind of whine and look for you. But if he couldn't make eye contact with you, 
you know, it's just going to happen. And so you would kind of see it happen, and then you would see him, like, look at you like, I tried. I was looking for you. I tried, Mommy. I was looking for you. And so you're like, it's okay. It's, I'm getting ready to go to work, but it's okay. <laughs> so you have to, you know, clean and do everything like that. And it's just a part of it. You have to take that consideration. They're like little people. They're going to be sick. You know, they're going to have bad days. They're going to have good days. You know, they're going to do all the gamut of things that you might as humans go through. Exactly. And not to leave the cats out before the show closes, there are some family-friendly cats, and I know we're running out of time, but um, the Berman is one, um, and they said they're social, but they love lazy. So if you're a family like like me and my husband, not that we're lazy, but you just kind of enjoy laying around relaxing, that might be a cat for you if you can, you know, if you're a cat person or if you're open to having a cat. Um, there's the ragdoll cat, um, and I guess the name says it all. You know, it's gentle, <laughs> likes to chill out after playing some games. <laughs> um, you have the Himalayan, the Maine Coon, and also the exotic short hair. And since we're probably not going to have time to go in depth, I'll be sure to make sure that um, I post this on Facebook for everybody. This was a, this show went by quickly. It did. Oh my goodness, <laughs> it flew by as our shows do. As they do. Well, I guess this is our 26th show now after we did our 25th last Saturday. That was really fun. So we're we're moving forward, and I guess before we know it, we'll be celebrating show number 50. Show number 50, baby. (laughs) But once again, we thank you so much for joining us, and be sure to tune in next week when we have the president of Vibrant Pets, Mr. Lee Phillips, joining us, and our topic will be healthy pets. So make sure you don't miss that one. Uh, We will be on at our usual time um, next Saturday at 5 p.m. Central Time. And you guys have a wonderful weekend. Have a happy weekend, everybody. Bye. Bye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.